Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you're listening to this the day after Strickland Podcast Network, Knicks win in dramatic fashion versus our rivals, the Miami Heat, who eliminated us in the playoffs last year. Looked like it was going to be a repeat of that today. Knicks win. 100 to 98 after a 21 point comeback in the in-season tournament um group stage play um before we get into all that and there's a lot to get into the holiday the holiday season is off and rolling with nfl in full stride and the nba and nhl hitting mid-season form bet online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four, Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played, from MMA to international soccer. Head, head to the Bet Online app today and remember to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. <clears throat> all right, man. First of all, I got to say, in-season tournament, got to tip my hat to the league for this idea. Um, the games have been amazing. I feel like if this game was just a regular old regular season game, the Knicks probably would have mailed it in way sooner. But I think the allure of, you know, the courts, the jerseys, you know, the 500K prize, like this, that, that it means something to these guys. Like these games mean something to them. And I mean, the Knicks have always been a resilient team, but like it's early in the season. I wouldn't have blamed them if they mailed it in, if this was another old regular season game. But I think the fact that that there's this, you know, added bonus of the in-season tournament and, you know, like it's something new. It, it matters to these guys and, and and you like to see them take it seriously. Um, So shout out to the league for that. But man, what a game from the Knicks. Um, shout out to Emmanuel quickly. I was going to get my Emmanuel quickly jersey but my head has not been in the right place the last couple of, <laughs> of days. I haven't got the right amount of sleep, so I completely forgot to get it. But All right, dude, before we get into, like, real analysis, can I can I just have five minutes, two rants? I need to get yes. off two rants. Yes. Two rants. Go ahead. Rant number one. Bam fucking out of bio. Listen, listen. I wouldn't give a shit how he plays at all. I I actually am one of those nerds who like thinks he's super underrated. I actually posted earlier this season that I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. Purely basketball, I agree with that. He's a very good basketball player. Awesome. If I was a Heat fan, I would love him. I would love every part of him. Seems like a good dude. And actually, I wouldn't even care about his style if it weren't for... Heat fans have been complaining about Josh Hart for six months. Six months, all they've talked about is how their eight-seed team wasn't lucky enough. They needed more luck. They needed Jimmy Butler to be healthier in the finals, to beat the team that just dismantled them in the finals, because of course they did, because it's a, a one-seed versus an eight-seed. Like, how, how much more positive variance do you possibly need? Like, do you need Jason Tatum's teammates to play worse? Is that what you needed? I don't, I just, so you spend all offseason bitching about Josh Hart projecting what Bam Adebayo actually did to the Knicks, which was injure every single player in his sight. Any player in his sight, he took them out. That, he was their enforcer. Fine, that's fine. We've, we've all seen the, the Knicks-Heat battles of the 90s. We're all on board with that. But you don't get to cry about Josh Hart falling for one of Jimmy Butler's million head fakes all offseason when you have that skeleton in your closet. This is this big six foot eleven dude who is just taking guys out. He did it again tonight. Jalen Brunson's in the air. 
He's being greatly contested by multiple Heat players. Bam comes flying in out of nowhere and just nails him. All right, like, cool, tough tough foul, it's fine. None of this would matter. I wouldn't care about any of the injuries. Quickly, Randall, Mitch Robinson, every single guy. He tried to Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes, the play everybody remembers from game five. That was Bam who gave him the stinger. And then Grimes got back into the play. I wouldn't give a shit about any of this if I didn't have to hear about Josh fucking Hart all offseason, how the Heat were a Josh Hart flop away from a championship. Give me a fucking break. The second rant I have to get off, so and I'll I'll turn it back over to you, so because you want to talk about Emmanuel quickly. He just played the fakest twenty-five minute game I've. It's not I've ever seen in my life because it's every Emmanuel quickly game. When he checked in at the four minute mark of the third quarter, the Knicks were down twenty, and there had been thirty-two minutes played in the game, and quickly had played ten. Uh, newsflash: You don't play one of your best players ten of the first thirty-two minutes of the fucking game. I don't. I don't care if that's your substitute pattern. If that's your substitution pattern, that's an idiotic substitution pattern. And if you're listening to this, you know that I've probably been Tibbs' biggest supporter on Strickland all season. I think he's had a great season. Fix the substitution pattern. You can't have Emmanuel quick. You can't have him subbing in down nineteen with four minutes to go in the third and be like, "Well, I what, what can you do?" P- playing less than a third of the team's minutes. This is one of your team's most impactful players night in and night out. It's a joke. And then and then he's got to play the last 18, 16 minutes of the game to, to play league average minutes. That's what he has to do. So we're relying on him down the stretch. Randall didn't have it tonight. You know, Jalen got it going late. I, I know he was efficient early, but just something he, he didn't put up a lot of shots. The Heat were kind of stifling him. They needed quickly as a secondary creator with how they were what they were doing to Brunson. He's playing his 14th and 15th minutes in a row, high leverage minutes against a very good, very well-coached team. It's mind-boggling. It is an idiotic substitution pattern, and I've ranted about it how many times over the last two years. It's just, it's not sustainable. It's stupid. And I'm sorry, any substitution pattern that sees Emmanuel quickly play 10 out of 32 minutes, it's not defensible. It just isn't. I'm sorry. Um, So cool that we got the win, but I don't know. Fuck that. That's stupid. It needs to change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Emmanuel quickly. Um, I totally agree with you on that point. I mean, it was it it was insane. It took it took them so long. It took them so long to put him back in the game. Just a simple fact that, like, you know, every time we go we get off to these slow starts in in, in the second half, it's it's remarkable how long it takes Dibs to like make a substitution. Like he'll stick with the same guys when I see other teams have these like situations like they start to change things up like off that first time out like they might sub a guy in they might sub a guy out um they might run some different stuff but like for the knicks it was the same old same old stuff until dibs went with his automatic substitution patterns um which have been old and they've continued to be old for as long as i can remember um but yeah manual quickly um 20 points off the bench definitely was part of that bench lineup that helped spark this comeback um him DiVincenzo's box score doesn't really tell the full story I think he also played a big role in this um comeback he had a three he also got that steal and then he got he, he stepped out of bounds but I feel like a lot of those plays that um DiVincenzo had were, were um some solid momentum plays um Josh Hart gave you solid minutes off the bench um you know Hartenstein had to give you a lot much more than you probably expected him to give you tonight because Mitch Robb got into early foul trouble because stupid Bam Adebayo was doing um, foul baiting in the beginning of the game. Um, you, but you yeah, I mean, you could you could see him hunting those fouls. Yeah, like especially when Mitch got two, he was like, "I'm going to tangle him up and, and like just put it to the refs." That was that was their strategy, which 
I don't know. If I was somebody in Mitchell Robinson's corner, I would be like, dude, that's the ultimate sign of respect. Eric Spolster does not want you in this game at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it almost worked for them. It almost worked for them. Thank God the Heat's late game offense and just offense in general isn't that spectacular. Um, They're relying on guys like Jaime Jaquez and Josh Richardson to give them, you know, consistent offense um, as they're missing guys like Tyler Hero and they miss Duncan Robinson, who's actually been pretty good for them early on this year. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, the Knicks took advantage of that Heat offense that was eventually going to stifle because, I mean, they weren't really killing us, I would say, in the third quarter. It's just that the Knicks couldn't score back to respond to their early run in that third quarter. And, like, when when you see a team like the Heat that doesn't have such a great offense and, you know, your team has had a good offense, it's only a matter of time before things start to even out. Thankfully, they did for the Knicks as, you know, quickly came in, got you 20 points, got the, got you those 14 in the, in, in the, in the, in the fourth quarter it was right. Um, or in the second half, I think it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just did everything. Um, he was everywhere as he always is. Um, yeah, his, his defense was better than his offense. Um, yeah. And his offense I mean, was he, still pretty good. I, I, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, I would say it was better than just pretty good because, you know, back to not being an irrational fan. The thing about the heat is, even in a regular season game, when they're locked in, when Jim, when when they've got Jimmy and Bam and they've got Spolster on the sidelines and they play the way they do, they play as intelligently as they do. It's just you can't view those types of box scores in a vacuum. So like 20 points on 8 of 17 shooting, um, take that every day of the week against that team because they're just going to make you work for every single basket. Quickly wasn't getting the rim. Um, he didn't shoot any free throws, I don't think. Like they, you know, they the, the Heat get a very... They have a very – they get a lot of respect from the refs is what I'll say. Like Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, the stuff that quickly tries to pull, like he he had that one where he mocked Jimmy Butler's celebration, you know, where he, where he did the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a fa- That's a whistle he gets against every single other team. It's the whistle that, you know, it's similar to what Joel Embiid got sent to the free throw line for a few days ago. That was kind of controversial. That's, But Kyle Lowry's not being called for a foul there. That's just – the Heat get away with a lot of contact because they have a lot of guys who are perceived and are good defenders. Richardson's another one. Richardson, Butler, Bam, Kyle Lowry. These guys have all been around for a while. You're just not going to be able to get the types of calls you're used to. So, yeah, I mean, 20 points, 8 of 17 shooting, 4 of 8 from 3. That's a good offensive game. Um, But, yeah, defensively, back to my original point, this was – this is one of the best defensive games from him I can remember. The dude is everywhere. He is – you know, especially when you got Julius Randle doing whatever the fuck, whatever he was doing out there tonight, he had no interest in playing defense at all. Moving, moving a mile a freaking um, day, a mile a day. It is. It, after it's interrupt you, it is remarkable. Like this is not even a playoff game. This is an in-season tournament game. It's like whatever game has like championship level aspirations and implications. This guy has no interest in giving his all. It's insane. If you're if you're the coach, you have to you have to understand your player. I'm sorry, you just have to. You cannot put him on Haywood Haywood Highsmith and expect him to be engaged. He and the Heat know this. The Heat are smart enough to just be like, okay. Highsmith, Haquez, if you have Julius Randle on you, just move. Just move. He's not going to follow you. And that's why the beginning of the third quarter, stuff like that works so well. Because when Randle moves like that, they don't really have anybody besides Mitch in the starting lineup to cover. And Mitch is covering for you in the rim. When Emmanuel quickly is on the court, 
he is basically a second fender. There's two of them out there. And when Randall gets beat, you see him picking up Randall's guy. And then he's like, all right, you guys just adjust to whatever. It was a remarkable defensive game. There, Oh, uh, one more thing about Randall. You know the Hardenstein block uh, in transition that kind of like kept the Knicks in the game? Did you notice? So it was, I think it was Hardenstein's turnover that led to the break. I, I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. But did you notice that Randall was actually the one at half court? He was doing his like fake space at near half court thing. Mm-hmm. And Hardenstein was inside the arc. And Hardenstein beat him back in transition. Randall just like turned and was like, oh, whatever, fuck it. Like he was like that all game. It was it was an embarrassing performance by him. Embarrassing. Um, I don't even, I mean, I care about the turnovers, but some of them were well-intended, you know, like I, I'll live with a lot of Julius turnovers if they're, for, if they're decisive and they're well-intended. I don't care about that because as so many people who are very, very pro Randall are like to remind us, he, he provides a lot of positives in terms of creating offense, things that the Knicks don't really have outside of Jalen Brunson. So you live with some of those turnovers. You just, I don't know. We talk about every game. You can't live with that effort. Um, but yeah, quickly his defense. So good. So good to keep the Knicks in the game. The second he stepped on the court. Um, we haven't really mentioned RJ. I thought RJ played a really good second half. I didn't, I didn't love his first half. I thought his yeah. second half was great. Uh, I love that Tibbs uh, fudged his shifts. Cause usually I don't, I don't know if what RJ usually does is he starts the second and the fourth quarter and then when Randall comes back in at the seven, eight mark minute mark, uh, he comes in for RJ or when Brunson comes back in. And then if it's a good RJ game, he'll reinsert RJ towards the end of the half. Tonight, he saw that RJ had it going and was helping on both ends. He trusted him to guard Jimmy Butler. He didn't say, I need Josh Hart out there. He, tr- he said, OK, RJ, you're, it's your time. Um and I love that decision from Tibbs. I thought I, I, I honestly, I honestly think it won the Knicks the game. I, th- I think, I think if Tibbs puts Brunson back in halfway through the fourth, and he says I need Josh Hart on Butler, and he pulls RJ, I don't think the Knicks win that game, um, because RJ's ability to get into the paint to knock down big shots, like we've seen him do time and time again. Look, I, I, I thought Josh Hart played a really good game, but he that is one specific thing he that he does not do that RJ does, and. In my opinion, that marginal difference won the Knicks the game more than more than anything else. And so, you know, I was giving shit to Tibbs earlier. Kudos to Tibbs for making that because you know how Tibbs is and you know that he would have loved to lean into, oh, well, I need Josh Hart and Jimmy Butler. So I guess and quickly he's playing well and I'm putting Brunson back in. It's got to be, you know, you could just see Tibbs making that decision. And I think it takes a lot of guts in a in a in a big game like this national TV. I think it takes a lot of guts to go against what is your your instinct. Um, so kudos to him and kudos to RJ for playing a hell of a game or a hell of a second half. I, again, I don't love the first half he played. Yeah. I didn't like a lot of the first halves of the Knicks and I didn't like their third quarter in general um, until the bench came in. Um, but yeah, shout out to RJ. He came in um, and yeah, he played, he played well in that, in that fourth quarter. Um, <clears throat> um, who do we want to talk about next? Cause we we've we've talked about Randall a lot, already a lot, and there's still much more to get in. Hartenstein, maybe I, I talked about his block, but I thought he bailed out Mitch and just like, uh, you know, I'll turn it over to you after this. But we we can't. So many teams in the league have there, Mitch isn't unique in in how good he is or what he does, but so many teams in the league have a guy like Mitch and are just 
it not like him from uh, how he plays, but in terms of the quality of his impact. And then they're just like, yeah, we don't really need to worry about his backup. But the Knicks are like, no, nah, fuck that. We're building this whole thing around Mitch. We need the guy who plays when he doesn't play to be able to come close to matching his production and his style. And again, how many times at the top of the key tonight did Hardenstein get to do what he his natural self likes to do, you know, find cutters? Not once. I can't remember a single play where Hardenstein had the ball in his hands at the top of the key looking for his for a cutter. He's not playing in a way that is conducive to his style, but he works his ass off to try and be what Tibbs wants him to be. And tonight was a great example. He went up against an all-star, all-NBA player in Bam Adebayo. He's a backup center, and he played unbelievable on both uh, on both ends. You know, I, I shouldn't say unbelievable offensively, but he doesn't like get in the way. He doesn't hurt you. He fights on the offensive glass. Um, and his defense, he has no business being that impactful on defense. Again, backup center. I think he deserves some kudos. Um, and he had this nice play where he directed traffic for um, Josh Hart to get a, a layup off a cut. Um, so, you know, there, he, he still gets those moments. It's not as, as, as frequent as we, as we'd like it. It's not as frequent as, um, we saw, I think last towards the second half of last year where he was get, do, getting to do a lot more of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, today he, he played well and, you know, he had to step in for Mitch because Mitch had the early foul trouble and he, he, he did his thing. Um, you know, the, the box score doesn't say it all, I would say. Um, you know, but he, he, I think he replicated Mitch's impact defensively. I think as best as he could two steals, one block, you know, Mitch is always racking up the steals and blocks too. Um, Mitch still managed to get two steals in his, um, in his 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he the, this is what you want to see from a, um, from Hartenstein in those minutes where Mitch is sitting. Um, Jalen Brunson, we didn't talk about him much. Um, 24 points, three rebounds, three assists. Um, 10 of 16 from the field, um, did a great job closing the game for the Knicks, um, eight points in the final, I want to say uh, three or so minutes while the Heat only scored three points. Um, and shout out to the Knicks in that fourth quarter in, in general. I mean, what was, it was like what, 29 to 11. And even at then it was like 26 to like nine at one point, absolutely, absolutely blitzed the Heat after we got blitzed by them in the third quarter. Um, so good to see the Knicks just bounce back in that way and absolutely just shut off the um the Heat's water. Um but yeah, Jalen Brunson just did a great job um closing the game as you want him to. Um kind of gave you memories of um kind of gave you flashbacks to game, I want to say five it was last year. Yeah, game um, five. Um versus the Heat at home when we really needed those buckets late in the game and Jalen Brunson, you know. Just has a thing for these big moments. Um, so that, that's what you want from him. He didn't play the best game offensively. He didn't play the most explosive game, as we saw, you know, versus the Bucks earlier in this tournament. And um, even versus the Wizards, I think he had a pretty good game in this tournament. But um, man, yeah. you're you're such a natural at this, Sam. The fact that like the, just the fact that you had the wherewithal to be like, yeah, earlier in this tournament, like that's <laughs> what a, what a wild way to what a wild thing to say. That's so cool. <laughs> I would never have thought to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's had like he's had some really good games in this in this tournament. It, it's it's a tournament now, you know. We, we gotta we gotta call it that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he just did what you expect him to do. Um, you know, clutch performer. Um, and this is what we paid him hundred million dollars to do to come here and do. Yeah, I um I think he'd never say it. Um, I I wonder if 
I, I think it'd be cool if somebody asked, but I bet he was fueled a little bit by Butler when he when he got back in and we had the momentum and and we were still in this thing and then it started in the clutch time. I don't know if you saw, but but Brunson got a foul call where he kind of he he got a foul call that the Heat didn't like, and then he got away with a push off that Jimmy like Jimmy does that all the time. If you watch Jimmy Butler, you've seen him extend the arm and create space that way. He does it all the time. And Butler was kind of whining to the refs up the court both times. And they showed a back view where Brunson was not happy at all. Like, you know, like it was almost like Brunson was like, dude, like we both do it. You're supposed to be like, it's supposed to be like an un- unwritten code. You know, like it's one of those things like mm-hmm. we're both going to get away with this. But Butler was trying to have his cake and eat it too. I think it pissed Brunson off. I, th- I think he wanted to like, especially after Butler got that ridiculous and one did that exaggeratory celebration. I could see Brunson being the type of competitor to be like, no, fuck that. Like I'm, I'm taking this thing home. The second that the Knicks bench got him back into it. Um, yeah. He was so good down the stretches. The, you know, I, I don't mean this in a critical way. This is just an overall pet peeve about the league. When you're up three with 30, 20, uh, a, a couple of possessions left, there's almost no difference between five and six. So the only thing you're doing by taking a three is making your shot harder Jalen Brunson is one of the best high floor bucket getters in the league. I need somebody to tell him like if the Knicks just push the lead to five there, that's so huge. And the fact that he settled a for a pull up 30 footer, I hate, I, like, I was just, and, and it took him so long to get into his offense. I just, I think guys need to be coached to understand that, you know, getting a two pointer 45% of the time is just so much better than getting a three pointer 30% of the time. Even if points per possession wise, those are both worth 0.9 points. It, that that single possession does not occur in a vacuum. Scoring forty five percent of the time is better than scoring thirty percent of the time, and yeah, I just man, I just really, I was so nervous there. Just as a Knicks fan, I just wanted to win so bad. I did not want this to be the Celtics again, and I just hated that he settled for that three. But he's just his killer instinct. His he's not afraid of the moment at all. Neither is RJ. We should say that again. He had a couple of huge buckets down the stretch. He guarded Jimmy down the stretch, a couple of great defensive possessions. Um, I just love this team, man. It's just, I mean, there it's frustrating. There's things that we're going to complain about and sound like bitches on when you come on here and listen to us, but just love this team. And Jalen Brunson's a big reason why just the fact that he's just not scared to just put it on him and, and bring us home. Um, I love that. And I love, again, going to give Tibbs another shout out. He had quickly screened down the stretch. He had RJ screened down the stretch. He went away from the one, five screen and roll and let Brunson hunt the matchup, specifically Haquez, which, yes, you know, yes, ma- 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 maybe, 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 maybe a little racism, a little minor racism <laughs> going on there, but you know, <laughs> um, that's okay. We, we we support it. Um, <laughs> um, I, I do. I, I, I think that Brunson did miss RJ once uh, when, we ran this play all the time against Cleveland last year in the playoffs where uh, he kind of sets the screen above the break behind the three-point line. And then RJ slips to the corner and he, he, he becomes the main outlet there in the corner. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the heat blitz that and RJ was wide open on the wing. I think Brunson could have found him, but I think Brunson ended up scoring anyway. So like, who cares? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't like that, 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 that deep three, um, but like, I also don't mind it either because just because Jalen has been a great volume three point shooter this year. Um, but like this game, he really had it going from two, and especially he really had this matchup with Hawkes. Like anytime Hawkes was on him, he just instantly got a bucket. Um, 
you know, he instantly got a bucket whenever he wanted to late in the game. Um, so, yeah, I would have liked to see him push the lead to five there. It would have definitely gave us a little bit more breathing room. Um, but, you know, you know, the script didn't call for that. This is the in-season tournament. We needed a one-possession game at the at the buzzer, and the script didn't call for the Knicks to go up five, sadly. Um, didn't even didn't even call for them to go up three again because Brunson couldn't make both the free throw. Throws. Yeah. Um, they, but, yeah. I, they, they, I, mean, I, I, I was – I have to be honest. Even even though Brunson, he he's he's the he missed both against the Bulls last year, right? That that was him. Him and Grimes both missed free throws. Does that I sound do, right to you? I believe so. Yeah, I know Brunson hasn't exactly been perfect with his free throws down the stretch, and I know quickly. I think statistically is a slightly better free throw shooter this season. I think I still trust Brunson a little bit more than quickly. Quickly is such a like a ball of energy, you know, like he's just, he's so hyper aggressive uh, and he, he's so volatile. I don't think he's Randall, but he, I do think that I, I don't see him as like a calm center guy. And look, I mean, I'll live with quickly at the line. He's one of the league's best free throw shooters. But if I had to choose between him and Brunson, I think I want Brunson still that that could be Brunson, stupid. Brunson just has that like calmness in those right. like clutch moments that just well meanwhile you want quickly shooting those free throws while the Knicks are like are going on a run like yep. the Knicks are yeah. in the midst of like a 15-0 run or something that's when you want quickly hitting those free throws because he has the momentum going all that Brunson you know you want to you want him in those calm moments meanwhile you want Randall touching the ball not at all in any of those moments because the ball's either going to stop or it's going to be bricks at the free throw, which segues me into the negatives of tonight. Man. <laughs> Sam's been waiting for this. The <laughs> hater cat is, half is coming on. <laughs> Man, I have had a headache for the past three days. Julius Randle has made it worse watching him play basketball today. Like instantaneously. That first half was absolutely gross. Six turnovers in the first half. Um he didn't have much. He didn't have any in the second half because thankfully the ball didn't see his hands that much. Um, but yeah, man, woof, that was a rough game. Thirteen points, eight rebounds, seven assists, five of twelve from the field, one of four from three, two of two from the free throw line. Um, I didn't want to see him back in the game in the fourth quarter. Um, there was no reason, no reason for him to be back in for for Josh Hart. Hart played art like Hart played one of his his best game of the season. I would argue his most impactful game. Um, the Heat were playing Jimmy at the four with three smaller players, and the Knicks didn't want Randall on Jimmy, so they were like, "Okay, we're gonna put him on one of those wings. We're not gonna run the ball through him because he doesn't have it going tonight. That's not what the Knicks do." And we're going to put him on a spacing wing who's going to move around. And we know Randall won't. That doesn't make any – there's no logic to it. It's just blind. Oh, he's our star. We got to put him back in. It's just he shouldn't have come back in. And, I, I mean, I don't want to hear anybody say, well, they won, so it was the right decision. He had nothing – he did not do a single thing when he came he back. He was invisible grabbed, in the game. He grabbed the rebound when Jimmy Butler missed the three at and the buzzer. And that was it. And that, that was, was the it. only that, time I've noticed Randall on the court, thankfully. Thankfully, speak, speaking of not being noticed, because we can I mean, we can talk about the good and bad of Randall every night. But when Quentin Grimes hit that three before the half, I was like, holy shit, he's playing. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot he was playing. Seriously, like I was like, oh, my God, he's that. 
dude, what has happened? What has happened there? I don't because uh, I will agree with people who criticize the offense and criticize like their the inability to elevate, you know, the non-stars. I get that. I get we don't have the best pastors. Um Randall's really the only one who like can draw like like just can who seems to be able to find Grimes, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But when DiVincenzo and Quickly are on the court at the two, they get shots up all the time. They do not ever, ever fall invisible, ever. So it has to be more. It ha- There has to be more going on, and I don't know what it is, but I don't know. Something's Something's got to change, I think, because – and I don't mean – I mean, I do believe that it would be better for Grimes if he came off the bench. I, I, I posted that on Twitter uh, like a week ago, and – it got some pushback because people were like, oh, the starting lineup's net rating and yada, yada. And I agree with that. Um, and point of attack defense is the main thing. I agree with those points. Uh, I just want to make my side of the argument clear. I'm not doing it because I think, oh, like DiVincenzo is way better than Grimes. It's it's hard to be better than the starting lineup has been over the last year or whatever. I actually think the starting lineup would maintain its overall impact. Like I think they would keep around their net rating. But Grimes's individual impact would improve playing with the bench unit more. I just think that quickly and RJ and that bench unit are better at getting Grimes involved than the starting lineup seems to be. So I think it's a rare opportunity for the Knicks to be able to have their cake and eat it too. I think they would stay as good as they are, if not improve, and Grimes's long-term development arc would uh, improve if they made that decision. So that's my personal belief. I, I I appreciate that there are people who don't see it like I do. I just wanted to make that clear. Yeah, Grimes, man, it's been rough. It's been rough. Um, you're hoping that you know this is just like a little slump, but like it's not even a slump because like he doesn't touch the ball. Like, and it's not like. It's it, it's weird, like, cause like like you said, like when Divincenzo or Quickly are out there at the two, they get the ball and they do things with it. Um, there was another moment I did notice Grimes, by the way. He attacked a closeout and dished it off to Mitch. A little bit of you know, a little bit of nostalgia to last year when Grimes used to do that a lot more often. But like even then, he still looked a little shaky with it. Like he didn't look like so confident, like driving into the lane and you know dishing off to Mitch. I don't know. Maybe he, I th- he might not have to go to the, to the, to the, to the bench. Not because like it doesn't work, but like for his sake, in terms of like confidence and and just getting in a better flow. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's been rough. Can you uh can you put up Ace Bouchard's most recent comment about Grimes? Because I think it's really good, but I have just a slight edit. Um, so Ace Bouchard says Grimes is a record scratch every time he touches the ball. Every possession just dies when he touches the ball unless he takes and makes threes. I agree with that. The The one edit I would make is I feel like his decisions are almost pre-scripted. Um, it's almost like watching Tua play quarterback. Like Tua, like watch Tua play quarterback. Once you see that Tua decides before the play started that he's gonna, he knows who he's gonna throw to before the play starts. You can't unsee it. It's so wild. Like even when he quote unquote goes through the pro- progressions his lookoffs are almost like pre-scripted. But anyways, back to Grimes. Um, all of his touches, it seems like there's no improvisation and no, 
whether it's because his coach doesn't want him to be or he doesn't have the confidence to, there's no ability to assess what's in front of him and try to exploit it. Like, because there are opportunities for him. Everybody knows when he catches the ball in that little weave to start possessions that he's just tossing the ball back to Randall or back to Brunson. Or everybody knows that when he catches the ball and Randall comes and sets a screen for him and forces that switch, Grimes is going to take one dribble towards the top of the key and either get it to Randall with the with the cross match or pass it back to Brunson. Everybody knows these things. He could reject the screen. He there are opportunities available to him, and and like we see quickly in Divincenzo do it all the time. Their actions are very not scripted. They, there's tons of improv there, and I don't know if it's the coaches don't trust Grimes' ability, the Grimes' ball handling ability, or Grimes doesn't trust it. He's just too unselfish. Or it's both. Yeah, or it's both. But for whatever reason, he just seems very very rigid in what he does with the ball in his hands. So. Um, and then JK added on, he spends more time dribbling away from the hoop and the weave action than towards the paint guys don't have to guard him seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much exactly what I'm saying. Like, yeah, even if, even if the guy wasn't guarding him, he wouldn't, he doesn't seem confident enough or to be allowed to take advantage of it right now. And I think that has to change. Yeah. Um, and yeah, let me get through some of these more, some, uh, some of these comments some more. Um, but yeah, I think with Grimes, it's, it's a matter of, I think now it's a matter of like, he is not confident and the coaches probably see that. Um, and you know, it's like a, it's like a, it's like some, it's man, I trying to find my words and my head is not agreeing with me right now. Um, but it's like one thing is like fueling the other in a way. Um, you know, because they're because the coaches see that he's not confident, they're not allowing him to do these other things that he may want to do. Um, Ace Resort says, I have the RJ migraine. It feels like it. This headache has been very annoying. It hasn't gone away no matter how much Tylenol I take. So just going to get some sleep after this post game and hopefully it goes away. Um, but yeah, let me get through some of these comments. We have a whole bunch, especially some that were coming in while the game was going on. <clears throat> Mace um, says, kudos to Thibs for sticking with iHeart and IQ over Grimes and Mitch. Should have never been in the situation to begin with, though, but whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, shout out to Thibs. I mean, it sucks that, like, IQ had to play that many minutes straight for him to, like, play the minutes that he got. But, you know, I'll take a manual quickly minutes any day of the week, man. So, I'm not going to complain too much, but it's not the most ideal way i would go about it it's just wild because it's such an easy tweak to make and the start is i can't first of all i cannot believe he put he went to josh hart first in the again in the third quarter like uh, or yeah in the third quarter like that's such a i'm i will continue to not get that um because i think yeah they played the same amount of minutes despite hart not closing and there, there's the difference right there. Like quickly would play, quickly would be playing almost 30 minutes a game if he was just the first one off the bench. And why he's not the first one off the bench, I don't understand. We have four years of evidence, as Ariel said on Twitter just a couple of minutes ago. We have four years of evidence of his impact. We now have one and a quarter seasons of proof that he can play next to Jalen Brunson. Um, I don't know. I agree with Ace though. I'm glad. I'm, I mean, look, I agree with Ace about uh, Hartenstein. Uh, I think there would have been a riot somewhere 
if quickly got pulled from that game. That would have been one of the worst. That would have been one of the worst decisions you'll ever see. So uh, I don't, I don't think Tibbs deserves credit for making a very, very easy decision. Uh, But yes, I I do. I did like that. He trusted Hardenstein and, and um, rewarded him for stepping in for Mitch. And one small thing we saw this last year and we talked about it a little bit. I really like when guys that guys on the team seem to root for each other. It's just another factor of likability for this team. Um, quickly said in his post game, he basically gave Brunson credit for his improvement and called him his big brother and said that Brunson's been pushing him and motivating him and saying like, keep going, you got this. And like, that's cool. But Mitch and Hardenstein seem to have a great relationship and even more so than Randall and Obi, their minutes are directly zero sum. Like every minute Mitch plays, it is impossible for Hardenstein to be on the court and vice versa. Um, and neither one really seems to care. They both seem very secure in their roles. They seem very happy to be on this team, and they always are talking positively about the other. So big fan of that, big fan of just high-character guys, uh, which goes back to Leon, honestly. Leon in the front office, they that one of the big things they have prioritized is character. They want guys who will work hard and are going to stay out of trouble, and for the most part, they've drafted and signed guys like that. Um, Again, I love this team. It's pretty. It's it's an awesome thing to get to root for these guys because it's it's just been so long since the Knicks have had this, and this is we're now in year four of just at bare minimum a likable team that's going to try hard uh, for the most part, and that's pretty great. Yeah. Um, Jordan Bub says Jalen Brunson. Oh yeah, I saw this quote. Um, Jalen Brunson on how the Knicks were able to turn it around. He said a fan looked him in the eye on the bench and said, "This is embarrassing." Um, and he said that's pretty much what motivated him to, um, you know, spur this comeback or at least, you know, help close the deal late in the game. Um, that was funny. And I could I could imagine plenty of fans were probably telling the Knicks themselves on the bench um, that it was embarrassing because that third quarter was absolutely embarrassing. What was like a 19-0 run from the Heat to start the, to start the third quarter? The Heat aren't even a good enough offense that... Yeah, sorry, it was, should... it was 19-0, yeah. The Heat aren't even a good enough offense to like, you know, do that to us. Like, yeah, that was that was. I mean, here, here if you go back and watch it though, it was all effort. They were getting crushed on backdoor cuts. Um, so like there was one play where Highsmith burned Randall on a backdoor cut, of course, and uh, yeah, and then he got the hockey assist because somebody does somebody uh stunted down and helped. And then that led to a kick out, which led to a rotation and then one pass away, boom, three. Um, and then the second thing besides the backdoor cuts, the offensive glass. Look, I, I love, again, love Jalen Brunson. That dude, I, I would be surprised if he has a box out, like all season, like, <laughs> like he tries, but he misses him, him and RJ and Randall. This is why it didn't work last season and why RJ unfortunately needs to be the one to sacrifice because at their core, none of the three, none of those three players are really role players. So like we've seen the, the reason it's been better this season is because we've seen from RJ and Brunson steps towards trying to do more role player things with Brunson. It's off ball defense. He's playing the best off ball defense of his career. He's trying, he's trying. That's the best we can ask from him. He works his ass off, off the ball. He has more, he, he's getting steals He's in lanes. He's stunting like quickly does. It's been a revelation. 
Um, and with RJ, it needs to be stuff like boxing out and rebounding. And I think with RJ, we've seen better defense overall, but we haven't seen his uh, ability or his impact improve on the glass. So when Brunson and RJ and Randall all are on the court together, you have three guys who just aren't really boxing out or helping. Uh, and I know people will find that to be blasphemous uh, about Randall because, hey, he averages over 10 rebounds a game. No, no. He is he gets he gets more low leverage rebounds than any player in the game. Any player since contested. fucking Thunder Russell Westbrook. Uh, all yeah, they're all uncontested. The only time they're ever contested is when he's stealing them from a teammate. Um, which sometimes hurts us. It's just he's not putting a body on anybody for box outs. So when you have three guys who don't box out, it all falls on Mitchell Robinson or the luck of the bounce. Um, and the bounces were not going the next way in that third quarter. The I mean, there was that Hawkes put put back. Nobody was there. There was just a number of offensive rebounds. Uh, I think the Heat ended up. Yes, they got ten offensive rebounds to the Knicks six. Uh, and they had 11 turnovers to the Knicks 18. So that is 11 more possessions than the Knicks had. They also shot 21 free throws to the Knicks 18, uh, and they shot six more field goal attempts, shot eight more threes. This was just not a game the Knicks should have won. So like, I think more than anything, that's something the Knicks can take away from this game. They got a win in both the in-season tournament and on the regular season standings, where they can look back and be like, guys, we have to play a lot better. Like we can play a lot better and we squeaked out a win. That's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think I think the end season tournament plays a role in them not giving up in this game. Like I like I said earlier, I think um <laughs> I think <clears throat> that the Knicks are a generally a resilient team, so they would have probably fought back no matter what. But I think that added bonus of it being the in-season tournament <clears throat> and this being an elimination game in the in-season tournament, basically. Cause like if the Knicks lost this game, that's it. They're out of contention for um, the in-season championship. And it obviously means something to guys around the league. Um, you see a lot of these games have been more competitive early on in the season because of that. So, you know, I think that played a role in this as well. Yeah. I'm, I, I feel you know, this is one of the rare times I'm going to pat myself on the back. I said before the season that I thought that we'd end up surprised with how big a success the in-season tournament would end up being. I just think that the people who are in charge, there's too much money, too much information. I trusted that. And I think it's, I mean, just immediately the information came out like, oh, they're going to have you, they're going to have new uniforms, new courts. It was very clear that they were invested in it from the start. Um, and I'm glad it's working out. I just think it's a cool twist to a long regular season. Uh, definitely. So yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm totally on board with you. I think it's, I mean, like even as a fan watching this game, it felt like there was something more at stake. Like, even though it's a game in the middle at the end of November, it's like this game has stakes. Like, you know, like we, we, we're out of contention for this new championship in the season to a team. How fitting the script called for, how how fitting for it to be against the team that eliminated us in the playoffs last year. They had a chance to eliminate us from the in-season tournament. So, you know, all of that just, it matters. It, it means that much more. Who got, I watched the game on mute. Who got the uh, the bang call? 
Was it RJ? I didn't watch on ESPN, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I watched on um, MSG with Clyde and, and Kenny. Damn. Well, if anybody here uh, listening watched on ESPN, let us know. I would love to know who got the uh, the vintage bang call from Mike Breen. Oh, man. Sp- Dude, Pop Pop is just done, huh? Dude, he's starting Malachi Branham over Devin Vassell. What the, what the hell are they doing over there? That's... He's so washed. Like, did you yeah. see the video of him the other day, like calling for the, the Spurs fans to not boo? Like, yeah, that was, that dude, was the sporting event. These people paid These money. People, for yeah, yeah, exactly. And guess what? Here's the thing, buddy. Some people pay some part, maybe some people part of some people's viewing experience. I mean, there's a reason they do it. I think it's stupid. I don't care what the coaches have to say, but part of the viewing experience for some people is to hear the coaches' interview and to hear what the coach's thoughts are during a game. And Pop just takes a shit on that every single time he's asked to do it. So it's pretty hypocritical to be like, oh, we're above this. Let's let's be classy and then do the things he does, you know, anytime he's interacting with a sideline reporter or the media. Um, but I digress. Yeah. You know, he loves to, Yeah. He loves to be an asshole to people. And he, even after the game, he was an asshole to the reporters after the game. Like when they asked him, you know, why did he do that? He's like, oh, I don't want to poke the bear and stuff like that. And, you know, they asked him to like explain further and he didn't want to. But, you know, it's just pop being a, a jerk off. So um, but let's see. Um, let's see. What are the comments we have here? Um, Raphael Burgess. Benching Randall for a bit helped us get back into it. His energy was frustrating tonight. Get great effort from the bench. Yeah, he was so lackadaisical. Like I said earlier, it's it's pretty remarkable. Like in games that matter, he is like basically nowhere to be found a lot of these times. Where like he's like playing like the shittiest version of himself. Um playoffs, now in season tournament. It's just like even he had a rough in season tournament game against the Bucks. Remember that? Like, sheesh, this guy just like Whenever the stakes are higher, he just has to fill up his pants. I, Jesus, I have to say, I, I think it's less about the in-season tournament and more that he's just – he just hasn't been good this season at all. Um, this whole, like, movement of, like, oh, he's been better recently. Dude, we played a sixth of the season, and his true shooting percentage is 47.5 which is like one of the worst. It has to be one of the worst of any high usage player in basketball. Um, That's absolutely gross. Yeah, he's been terrible. Turnover percentage is up. Usage is the same. You know, just ever, just everything. Like he's not making any shots. He's just, he's been bad. Um, there's no two ways around it. And so, I mean, of course you're rooting for him to get better as a Knicks fan, but you have to be able to, talk about it i i don't get this whole thing of it's like oh yeah he's been better like dude he was an all-nba player last season he's one of the team's highest paid player can we hold him to a standard that isn't literal hell yeah i never understood the fact that folks want to hold him to such a low standard but also like want to prop him up to be such a good basketball player like you can't have it both ways Right. Like people were calling him a top 15 player in the NBA last season. And they're like, guys, can we just, can we give him a minute? It's like, 
sure. I mean, but when we're analyzing him, can we at least just be honest? He's just, he hasn't been good. And the thing is, is that he's not like, you know, I was, I was saying how quiet Quentin Grimes has been and he has, um, but at least Grimes is, he's out there trying his best and he's giving you defense. That's consistently something when Randall has the spurts, like he does tonight, the offense is what gets him back to neutral or above neutral. He's not starting from neutral or slightly above neutral. Um, so he needs the offense to be good, not just like average. And it hasn't been average this season. It's been well below average, as I just alluded to. Um, I haven't looked at the impact stats in a little bit. Let's take a gander at those. But I know that he was not doing well in that stuff either as of last game. I doubt it's updated after tonight's game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, him and Grimes are just – I mean, the team is almost – Six points per hundred worse when he plays versus uh, when he doesn't play. So, I don't know. I don't know. And somehow the team is somehow the team is nine and six in spite of that. And shout out to yeah. RJ Barrett. Shout out to the sporadic play of Jalen Brunson. He's had his moments. He's also had his not so good moments. Shout out to Emmanuel quickly, Mitch Robinson. Um, they have really kind of held it down while Randall and Grimes try to find God in this season. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, you know, a big part of this early season so far, honestly, I've seen so many stats. I saw that Nick's analytics guy. He had a good thread the other day that was like talking about all the things that have gone against, uh, against the uh against the Knicks so far this season. Let's see if I can find it real quick on the fly. Um there it is. Yeah, he posted the other day that um uh oh yeah there it is. The Knicks have had the third worst opponents wide open three shooting luck so far this season. Yet among the teams with bottom half luck they have the best defensive rating. So it's like things like that. Like they that stuff is going to improve. They're going to, you know, naturally get some positive regression in areas. Randall is going to play better. I'm not like if he plays like this for an entire season, dude. If he plays like this for an entire season, we, we're gonna have conversations. We're gonna have conversations we've never had before. This is this is not this never. This is this is the worst he's ever played as a Nick. There's no way it's ever been worse ever. I don't know. Nineteen. 1920 was pretty bad. In 2019, 2020, he was shooting over 7% better from the floor. Wow. It's really that bad. Okay. Me. I'm just like, so used to like him being bad. Like I'm not even like scaling it anymore. I'm just like, Oh, this is bad. Like, I'm not even like, Oh, this is like really, really bad. Like I didn't know it was that bad, but wow. It's really, really bad. Yeah. So he turned it over in 1920 more. He assisted less. So he's doing more for his team uh, from a pa- as, a, as a passer. Sort of. Um, but yeah, this is, I mean, look, PER is a terrible stat. I hate it. But it does kind of capture guys like Julius who are high volume. Like it does somewhat give you, if it's you were to only. High usage guys. 
Right, exactly. And and I I wouldn't even want to compare Julius to another high usage guy using PER because it's like the context is different. I would I would just basically never use PER. I'm only using it to compare Julius to other seasons. His PER is the worst of his career or the worst since his rookie season. Not not the broken leg rookie season's actual rookie season. Wow. Um just everything across the board, the worst of his career. <laughs> this is just, this is the worst we've ever seen as a Nick and it has to get better. It just it can't not get better. I don't know, man. We've seen him start off seasons. Back. We see, we've seen him start off seasons good and it go completely downhill. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It would just, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to steal. Uh, I wouldn't, steal I wouldn't put any money on it and y'all know I'm a betting man, but I would not put any money on that. I'm going to steal um, like a line of logic from my buddy XJ and say that for Randall to play at this level, the level we're seeing him right now in his 29 year old season for an entire season coming off the season, he just played. We've, we've never seen anything like that in NBA history. It would be the most unprecedented event. Historically. Ever. It would be wow. historically awful. I know you live for this. I know I know you can't wait for Tyrese to get back on here so you can but I just can't believe it. I can't believe that that's what's going to this is going to keep happening. I, I for me it's like it doesn't mean anything to me anymore cuz like I I've, I've said all the jokes I can say about him. It it feels like I'm kicking someone while they're down now at this point like making fun of uh, of Randall like he's wearing sketchers now. He's cut his hair. He's not that good at basketball. He doesn't have a lot going for him right now, you know? He's got the sketches check, but like, what does it mean if you suck at basketball? Um, but yeah, man, he is so bad. Like, I, he's yeah, so bad. Like, I, I don't even scale it anymore. But like, man, to be historically ass, psh, wow. He's cashing checks from the fourth largest shoe company. I mean, hey, <laughs> if that's going to help him sleep at night while he's missing, you know, shots and missing guys in the corners and, you know, getting turnovers. Um, I will say there was some great moments of ball movement in in the first half, I would say. There were some moments of some good ball that, movement. That was the weird part is Randall at the end of his first shift had like 9-4-2 and two on 3-5 of five shooting. The defense was bad the whole game. I thought he was fine out of the gate. He was – it was basically the Heat were like, oh, okay, we have to start doubling him. And then they started doubling him and – He was like, oh, I don't know how to handle doubles anymore. Did, for anyone paying attention, by the way – or who anyone who might go back and rewatch this game, focus on where the Knicks doubled from and where the Heat doubled from, and why Bam Adebayo out of a double team is so much more successful than Julius Randle. Now, I'm not giving, I'm not taking all the credit away from Bam Adebayo. He's a better processor than Julius Randle, so that is part of the reason. Another part of the reason is that. The Knicks are like doubling down from one pass away from the strong corner when Kevin Love is standing in the corner. And it's like, okay, that's the easiest kick out in the history of the world to make. There was a play in the first half where Haywood Highsmith had Jalen Brunson in the mid post with his back to the basket. Back to the basket. Haywood Highsmith with Jalen Brunson on him. You know what? Just let him go. Like, just let him go one on one. What is the worst that could happen? Instead, Julius Randle digs down, or maybe it was Hardenstein. One of the two of them digs down. Kevin Love wide open for three. He missed it, thank God, but just ridiculous. Just it's just awful, 
awful strategy. We need to we need to be smarter with where we send doubles from, and we need to be smarter when we send the double teams because again, Haywood Highsmith with his back to the basket. If they're going to beat us that way, let them beat us that way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This team has a weird thing against the Heat and doubling, like at weird times. Like remember in the playoffs and they were like weirdly like doubling Jimmy at certain points when we didn't need to. So odd. Um, yeah, about playing the Heat that gets Stibbs' brain in a little scramble. Well, he's a weird one too because, like, just let him beat you. Let Butler. That's fine. You know, like I know he gets a lot of foul calls. Um, I know he contorts his body a lot and does the Demar Derozan leg kick thing. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I doubt anybody else saw this. I um. I was listening to the Raptors Bulls game on my other TV um, again because I had the Knicks muted, and DeRozan got a foul call. What's up? I said, "God bless your soul." Watching the Bulls play basketball, it was rough. Um, <laughs> the uh, and, and DeRozan got a foul call. Like he did his thing where he shot a mid range shot from the free throw line and like kicked his legs out and flailed, and the Raptors challenged and the Raptors announcers were so sure it was getting overturned. It was so funny. They were like, Oh, this has got to get overturned. Like, look, you can, you can slow it down. It's right there. It's right there. He didn't, he didn't touch him. DeRozan kicked his legs out and the call on the floor stood and they were just so bewildered. They were just like, what is going on? <laughs> it was, it was so funny. Well, yeah, they, they're, they're, they're not used to seeing that. Cause he didn't used to do that when he was in Toronto. Yeah, he's, he was a different player mm-hmm. back then. Um, let's see what other comments we have here. Oh, yeah. Chris Revere says IQ was a plus 21 in a two-point victory. Insanes and captures his impact perfectly for four seasons in a row. Pay the man. The Knicks are going to end up having to pay him much more than they probably anticipated paying him in the beginning of the season, I would say. Or at least before the season. Yeah, I'm still not. I mean, I'm all believe he's a Nick long-term when I see it. I'm still not convinced if I'm being honest. Um, I mean, two areas where me and Schwinn just, I think disagree and we'll see who's right and who's wrong. He's convinced that Randall won't be here on his next contract and that quickly will. And I think it's just very clearly the opposite. I think that, uh, yeah, I think that, I think they just don't want to lock up that much money at the quote unquote point guard position. Yeah, I could see that. It's going to be a shame when quickly goes off on his next team. He's going to be an all-star. It's just what's what's weird too, though, is everybody always talks about how, oh, we need quickly for the bench unit and yada, yada. Couldn't quickly just start at shooting guard and then lead the bench unit still? Like just have Jalen Brunson play the whole first and the whole third, pull quickly when you pull Mitch and then have quickly start like you could still have quickly and Brunson on the court for the whole game and quickly could be the leader of the bench unit. It would just this way you would have quickly playing more minutes. That seems like a good thing now. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, but Hey, what do we know? We're not the coach. We're not the front office people. We don't get to make these decisions sadly. So Yeah. One day. Maybe. <laughs> uh, let's see what the comments we got here. Like Christopher kind of echoes your sentiment here, I guess. 
Um, I hear all the, all the arguments about why he's better served coming off the bench, but I really don't care anymore. To be honest, he needs to start if it means he can play 30 minutes per game. Basically, oh, nice. that's just yeah. That was well timed. I didn't even see that comment. It was it I was agree. earlier in the stream. It was um, yeah. from 10:41, but it, it lines up perfectly from for right now. He also says he's our best player, so I'm with Jeff. I mean, look, you don't have to you don't have to get too many drinks in me before. I don't actually think he's our best player, but at least not in his current role. But I do think that. I do think that he has showcased the highest ceiling on the team. And that might sound crazy to some people because Julius Randle was second team all NBA or third team all NBA, you know, or no, second team twice. Um, but I think quickly as a starter in the NBA, it would be that, but he would be for, uh, from an intangible perspective, not statistical quickly has proven that he fits with other stars in a way that Randle doesn't. Um, and even Brunson really doesn't like Brunson's really good. Brunson's going to maybe be an all-star this year, maybe all NBA, but whenever the Knicks get a real co-star next to Jalen Brunson, it's going to be a murky fit. And it's going to take some time for that to work because Brunson likes the ball in his hands and he, that's where he's at his best. And presumably they're going to get a star who also likes that quickly is kind of more chameleon like. And so that's why from a team impact perspective, I do think that quickly is showcased the highest ceiling of any Knicks player. Um, and I think the Knicks are handcuffing themselves by thinking they can only play him so many minutes and just basically not letting him flourish and not let him reach his true maximum p- potential. That's that's what I believe. Um, yeah, I also agree. Um, shout out to Tay212. He says um, number 30 ain't shit, and he's the reason why he's an alcoholic. Um, I'm so sorry. Um, I have not reached that level just because I don't care about Randall anymore. Like if he's on the team another year, maybe I might get to this point and he continues to play like this, but I'm not there yet. So, but yeah. I uh, Sam, Sam, you and Schwinn on the last show, th- this just reminded me that you guys had like an all time moment at the end when you were like, my fucking back hurts, man. And he was like, why? And he made some joke and you were like, nah, scoliosis. And he thought you were joking and he started <laughs> laughing. He started laughing and you were like, no, I'm serious. And he was like, oh, that fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> and I was just sitting there like, holy shit, what's going on? This guy's like, yeah, I'm an alcoholic because of Julius Randall. I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> That sucks, man. It does. No, that's it's like, man. I hope he's not actually an alcoholic. Like that, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. I mean, if, if he is, I mean, you can, I don't know. Can you write that off under, under something? I don't know. Write it off? <laughs> write off your alcoholism? Or like, I don't know, oh, like, write off like Julius Randle as like under something. <laughs> it's not I my fault. Know. Your honor, it's not my fault. <laughs> Julius Randall made me do it. <laughs> Shit, man. No, seriously. Like, if if you're not joking about being alcohol an alcoholic, I'm. Please get. Please just you know. We wish you the best. Or just but, stop watching the Knicks. Yeah, or just stop watching Julius Randall if he's what's pushing you over the edge. <laughs> oh man. 
now I'm just like, like I'm, I'm just picturing some guy sitting on the couch, like, like shaking. You know, he's got he's got the shivers, and then Julius Randall comes on. He's like, "Fucking can't do it. I need it." <laughs> God damn it! Oh, oh man. man, Julius Randall, look what you're doing to people, man. Stop playing bad basketball. Oh man, maybe maybe that's maybe James Dolan has like a piece of Miller Lite, you know. <laughs> Uh, Julius Randall is helping helping the beer industry, so that's why he keeps him around. Oh my god, it's a little too meta. Oh man, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I I think Julius is here for at least another, or at least for this year. I don't think they trade him. Um, well, that's the thing is, how is how does he go? Because we've heard for years. They're not trading him unless it's for somebody better. They're not going to take a step back. And no one is trading their best player for Julius Randle to get back in return. If somebody's trading Julius Randle, or if somebody's trading you a star, they're doing it to reset. They don't want they don't want to pay Julius Randle. Like that that would be what was the Jeremy Grant trade? Um, from him to from him to from Detroit to Portland. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to think of an example, but like, Jer- like, like the, but the Blazers were like trying to build around Dame, so I yeah. guess that's a, that's a rare example. They would they would need to find a team like that, but there those teams don't really that's exist. Like, like desperate that that's like desperate for like someone to help their star, basically. Right, exactly. Someone trying what team to is like that, like the the Hornets. Well, like who are they to- desperate to keep? There's Lamella. Lamella is really good. Are they at that stage yet? They probably will be, right? Like Lamella's hidden so, restricted. Was were Lamella and quickly the same draft, or was quickly a year before? Yeah, they were the same draft. So yeah, so and I think Lamella's already gotten his max, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's going to become disgruntled very soon. I, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, and Maybe. Randall, hey, hey, they need a power for it. So, and obviously the Knicks wouldn't want anybody from the Hornets, but they could be a third team in a star trade. Honestly, I mean, Lamelo, Brandon Miller, and Julius Rand- Julius Randall, and Mark Williams. Whew. That's a super team. That's a super team right there, Sam. <laughs> God bless Charlotte Hornets fans. That's all I'll say to that. I do actually like the uh, the Lamelo, uh, Brandon Miller. Miller miller mark williams trio that's it those are the three players like if i was the hornets i would just those are the three players i would i would not care about oh, oh and frank and frank obviously because frank's a perfect fit with that <laughs> gotta have that defensive defensive piece right there yeah <laughs> but yeah man that team is whew. i mean they give teams a fight but they're rough they do. i mean they only give teams a fight because it's like three guys that like will score for them yeah do we play them next Tuesday at home or away? At home. Okay. I think. I think. So all of a sudden, I mean. That's another in-season just, tournament game. Oh, wow. Interesting. Just, But, I mean, just take care of business Sunday. And looking good. You yeah. Know? It's a, like, it, it, this is a five-game homestand, I believe. These, these, the, this, game, this game versus Miami and then the next four, I think, are, like, all straight at home. Interesting. Um, yeah. It's four game. It's four games, but yeah. Oh, it's four and, games. Okay. I mean, you're. But the cool thing, I mean, they get Phoenix Sunday at six, and then the two after that are Charlotte and Detroit. So like, pretty favorable matchups. Yeah. Oh my god. 
and then they fly to Toronto Friday night. Why do the schedule makers hate us? So weird. So weird. They hate everybody, though, like in weird way, in, in different ways. The schedule makers hate everybody in different ways. But I feel like ours has been the most insane, especially that stretch where we were playing like five days, five games in seven days. I thought, well, for, so first of all, we do that again. Holy shit. We do that again. That's insane. From Wednesday, de- December 13th to Wednesday, December 20th. The Knicks have a five-game road trip where they play five games in eight nights for the second time in the first two months of the season. That's at, so it's at, like Utah, at, at Utah, at Phoenix, at Los Angeles, at Los Angeles, at Brooklyn. What the fuck, dude? This is insane. Also, Jeremy yeah. Grant was a part of the Olympic team? What the fuck? <laughs> That's good. What? This Olympic team was so weird in 2020. They had the Olympics in 2020. Well, it was part of the. Um, they had it in 2021. Okay, that makes more sense. But that team was so weird. Who else? Bam, Booker, KD, Jeremy Grant, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Keldon Johnson, Zach Levine, Damian oh, Lillard. Yeah. JaVale McGee. That was when uh Chris that was when the, Jason Tatum. Like, what the hell is this team? Dude, that was when the uh the Bucks won the title and then Drew and Chris had like, to like fly straight, off. Yeah, yes. fly, fly straight from and everyone was like, that was like peak. That was even worse than when he signed with Boston. That was prime, like everyone slurping up Drew Holiday. Like, just like, oh, what a warrior, you know? And I can see why they wanted to bring him back for this next Olympic team next year. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, that just stuck out to me while looking at Jeremy Grant's thing because I wanted to see when he was traded from the um, Pistons to the Blazers and what he was traded for just so I can get an idea of what kind of package Julius Randle could go out in to a team that is looking to pair him with someone else. So Grant yeah, was just, Grant was traded to Blazers along with the draft rights to somebody else um for f- for a top 4 protected 25 first round pick and the draft rights to some other player um in the EuroLeague and two future second round picks. Right. So in a potential Randall deal maybe that's the type of package we can expect back. Yeah, I just I don't see it happening and i don't see anybody giving that up for randall um i don't know i think i think i think the best way i think i think the best way i can say it is i just think the knicks have boxed themselves into a corner where randall is more valuable to the knicks than to anybody else and so in my opinion they're they're gonna keep kind of feeling out trades and they're never gonna sell low or like sell him for less than, you know, a hundred cents on the dollar. And it's just eventually going to reach that time where it's like, okay, I guess we extend him. And here's my prediction. And everyone can, you know, you can record this if you want. My prediction is this. Randall will sign for what is framed as a team friendly deal. It'll be, you know, I don't know what the contracts will be then, but it'll be less than the max. And he'll be like, Oh, I love New York. I never want to go anywhere else. But it'll be by far the most. And the city anybody. will, the city will riot with pitchforks. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. I don't know. Um, 
I think that I don't know. I just I just think they want I, they want someone like that. They want to put a jersey in the rafters, and I know that um, I know that Brunson is probably the main guy, but I think I mean Randall's been here three three years longer. Yeah, three years longer than Brunson. Or wait. Yeah, three years, right? 1920, 2021, 20. Yeah, three years longer than Bronson. Sadly. So that matters, though. Gross. This is absolutely gross. Um, <coughs> get a little over here. <clears throat> did, you see, uh, did you see that Stephen A left the game? He did? That's probably why we won. Yeah. He, was sitting, he was sitting courtside, and then with nine minutes left in the game, he just left, probably out of disgust. Good. That helped us win the game. His bad vibes. I hate it. That's so. That's so funny. He should do that more often. He should come to games while we're, and then while we're losing, he should just leave so he can win again. I I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, Christopher Vieira says, looking at to Sunday, is Sketchers man going to call out KD again while on mic and try <laughs> to make himself the main character? Never will forget that game on ESPN a few years ago. Oh my god. I feel like we talk about that game like almost every like every five streams we talk about. Hey, remember when Randall thought he was on the same level as KD and made a fool of himself on national TV? That shit was so funny. Honestly, it was just talk about like no awareness. None. Um, look, I think Randall's going to have a good game on Sunday. And I'll tell you why I think he's going to have a good, good game on Sunday. Because he has to guard Kevin Durant. The Knicks can't put anybody else on Durant. It would be a joke if they did. And they might throw Randall, RJ on him and put Grimes on Booker. Grimes will guard Booker, 100%. Man, if Randall can't be bothered to guard Durant, he no, won't. Wait, wait a second, though. Doesn't Grayson Allen start? Yeah. So you know they're going you know to throw Randall on someone like he Bates Diop. Does he start? Yeah. Some games oh he does. God. You're right. Yeah, that's that's what they're gonna do. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, I know it. I know it. <laughs> and Katie Bates Diop is gonna get open for a couple of threes. <laughs> I just know I'm about to I mean, I'm bet, to, bet I'm, about to, we, I'm about to take him for like two or three threes tomorrow. Dude, you gotta do you gotta do your Sam thing and bet him for like four plus. <laughs> if, no, I wanna see a, but, I wanna see I wanna see a screenshot of a parlay of him involved in a four with four plus threes. He can do it. I, I I don't even doubt it. I, I could see it. He is um, like I just I just know that's what the Knicks are gonna do. Like they're gonna put RJ on, on KD. Um, because you know he has, I guess, a little bit more height than Grimes to guard him. They're gonna put Grimes on Booker because Booker's gonna be at the point of um attack. Um and you know, Grimes is gonna be I mean not Grimes, um Brunson's gonna be on um Grayson Allen. <clears throat> And then Randall's going to be on Bates Diop, and then Nurkic is going to have Mitch. Yep. So I guess I take back what I was going to say. What were you going to say? That Randall engaged is a really good player. Like oh. The whole problem. Yeah, good, good, is... good luck with that. Good luck having him engaged in this mo- in this matchup. <laughs> he is like. Uh, I guess they'll put Bates Diop on Randall. I don't know. Fuck, man. <laughs> I, just, 
Yeah, I was just going to say, like, he's bigger, but he is bigger. I don't know. The, the Suns team is sneakily big with Bates Diop in the starting lineup. That's that's crazy. I was I remember them playing Durant at center last season. Um, yeah. Holy shit. Booker yeah, they got the crazy... bodies to, to play a little bit bigger this year. Booker had a crazy game today. Yeah. Oh, Durant didn't play. Oh, right. Yep. He was resting up so that he could play Sunday. Yep. Classic. Um, but yeah, um, it's going to be very interesting to see how we handle this Suns matchup. Because, I mean, you basically, you you mainly want to keep their, their shooters in check, but like you also want to also keep Katie and Booker in check because, you know, they could both go off for like 35 plus. Um, so, you know, you got to pick your poison there with that, with that matchup. <laughs> they don't really have depth though. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. This I mean, there's, there's still like Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen to kill us from three. Bates the opt to get open on those, those, those cross switches when Randall's in La La Land. So, I mean, I'm just saying that it, the guys they're giving tons of minutes to is besides their two best players is, I don't know. Oh wait, no, dude. Bates Diop only started today because Durant was out. He also started, I think, in that Utah game when, um, in did, those Utah did Booker games play? Too. Yeah, Booker was playing those games too. All right, we need to. So they played, but, the but like Vogel, Vogel's been weird with the lineup still. So that's also the thing too. Like he's started Bates Diop. He's also like brought him in off the bench. He started um, Eric Gordon. He started so, like so the game before Sam, the game before mm-hmm. against the Warriors. They started Allen, Gordon, Booker, Durant, Nurkic. If they do that, if that is – okay, I'm going to adjust, amend what I was going to say. Okay. If that is the starting lineup for the Suns, Julius Randle will have a very good game because he has to guard Kevin Durant. If he is not guarding Kevin Durant against that lineup, I'm very worried. Um, <laughs> he has to guard Kevin Gordon. Durant. And, yeah, <laughs> dude, him on, him on Gordon or Allen? Oh, my – dude – Honestly, no, seriously, you should live bet if if you see them come out of the gate with Randall matched on Gordon or Allen, you should I'm taking Gordon for five threes. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, and then that's also a small lineup, and Randall will be able to do stuff inside the arc against that lineup. So if that's the Sun starting lineup on Sunday, I feel good about the Knicks chances. And or excuse me, I feel I feel good about the Knicks chances regardless, but I feel good about Randall's chances. I I do not feel good about Randall's chances. <laughs> um, Vivek says, honestly, if we didn't self-destruct in the third and didn't turn the ball over like crazy in the first half, we'd won by a more comfy margin um, in this game versus the Heat. I definitely, um, I could see it. <clears throat> the only thing that was really killing us from the Heat, I would say, was the boards, and that was mainly due to effort. And I would say... <clears throat> I would say Bam's early start. But other than that, I really didn't think that much killed us. I mean, Kyle Lowry hit some threes. Jimmy Butler hit like three threes, um, which is sort of out of the norm. Um, but it wasn't like they were doing anything like too crazy. Like it wasn't when we were having like a Caleb Martin game or something or or Kevin Love was just like absolutely lighting us up from deep or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I felt pretty comfortable with this with this game if we didn't absolutely shit ourselves to start the third quarter. Yeah, I agree. Um, they said nobody got a bang today, so there's oh. that. Typical Breen trying to be too objective. 
Um, Jordan Love says actually quickly came in and really changed the game. His aggressiveness and assertiveness. That's what Kyle Lowry said today. Shots I always like that Kyle. I always like that Kyle Lowry guy. <laughs> uh, shout out to Kyle Lowry giving our guys some pops. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, Jordan Bub also brings up Mitch Robinson now has three plus offensive rebounds in each of his first 15 games this season. Him and Dennis Rodman are the only players to ever accomplish this feat. Mitch had three offensive rebounds tonight. If he did, that's remarkable because I didn't. I don't know when. Yeah, he, he did. He did. He, he had exactly three. Wow. Okay. Good call, Jordan Bob. Yep. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, he also brings up. Jalen Brunson over the last eight games, 26 points per game, 49% from the field, 52% from three. Wow. 89% from the free throw line. Knicks are six and two in those games. I feel like we've also had a pretty favorable schedule too. I want to say the last eight games or so we played the wizards. We played the Hornets a couple of times. Um, supposed to be playing these last eight games. So we have played. The last eight games, we have played San Antonio, Charlotte, at Boston, at Atlanta, at Washington, at Charlotte, at Minnesota versus Miami. So four kind of cupcake cupcake games in Charlotte twice, Washington and San Antonio, but then and then a medium uh, strength game against Atlanta on the road, and then three pretty tough games against Miami, Minnesota, and Boston. So pretty. Pretty, pretty, pretty fair. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Next tape says two blown 20 point leads in four business days is insane. LMAO, the Heat blown 22 21 point leads in the last um, against the Bulls, right? Oh, yeah, they were up crazy in that game and they lost. That's hilarious. Losing that, that Bulls loss has to sting a lot more than us because we're actually a respectable and good basketball team the bulls are not that <laughs> at all um i don't even think they're attempting to be that and if they are they're doing such a bad job at it um but to blow a lead to the bulls you have to be trying to lose that game they're just waiting for december december uh 15th because yeah because that's when levine can get traded uh makes sense oh yeah they're definitely. Waiting. I mean, they're they're so pathetic. I can't believe that one person, or not that one person. There's that whole thread. Did you see that, that whole thread that on Twitter? Of, of of human beings that with that size of a brain. Yeah, and they were like the. They said the Bulls' young core is bet. The Bulls' young core is better than the Knicks' young core. What in the? Patrick. That person has to like put his shoes on and go to work every day. How does he? How does he do that? Or she? I ain't gonna be. They yeah. they probably yeah. need assistance with it. I would say that's that. that's rough. That's today. Today was a uh, I can't lose game because the Raptors and Bulls are two of my least favorite teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. So, um, let's see. David Goodman says if they don't pay IQ, everyone should be fired. I definitely agree, but <laughs> could be the case. He's definitely warranting a bigger price tag now than he did before the season, um, especially if he plays like this for the rest of the year. And I assume that he will because, I mean, for him to get off to the start and then the, we know how his play can uptick during the year. I mean, like, 
you know. <clears throat> yeah, I look, I'm I'm his biggest fan. I still I just still think there's more from him. So I mean tonight, not more. Tonight was his second best game of the season after the Boston game. Um <laughs> Jordan. Good comment by Jordan. Um I hope I'm wrong too, honestly. I I don't want to not like people. I'm I'm a positive person. I'm an well, optimistic person. I and like I don't him. not like Julius Randle as a person, obviously. I just don't think he's uh I just think his warts are too detrimental to win at the highest level when he's on your team. And it's hard for me to look past that. I you know, yeah, that it's cool to see him do the dominant things he does. And I agree that he does some things really it's like well. Like an ugly person with a great personality. Uh, I mean, shit, dude, that's rough, but that's a, that's a solid analogy. <laughs> that's yeah, I yeah, I just I don't know. I just it's he is the one player on a team that I feel like is I don't I don't want to say holding the Knicks back because I do I do think it's possible the Knicks just get get worse. Not possible. It's likely the Knicks get worse if they just dumped him for nothing. But I I just think that long term he is in his own little league compared to the rest of the Knicks roster. Yeah. And it's tough to overlook uh, as someone who thinks in the macro a lot. Yeah. Um, JK says stretch four who rebounds and doesn't play defense. Sounds like a pacer to me. (laughs) Talking about Randall. (laughs) Hey, uh, that, I mean, that would, that would be so funny. Just so funny. Obi escaping and then Julius Randle's like, hey. They're like, hey, Obi, we're bringing in your old buddy. (laughs) Bringing in a familiar face you might recognize, one of your vets. Oh my God. That would be so funny. The thing is, is Carlisle would just play them together. So it would be funny regardless. Like. Dude, you know who's been sick this year is that guy on the Pacers, Jalen Smith. Really? He has been, like, sick isn't even, I mean, he didn't have a great, I mean, whatever. He didn't blow you away. He had eight and six nine, two of three shooting. But I think, let's check EPM. His EPM, his true shooting percentage this year is something absurd. He's the best shooter in basketball for sure. So let's see. Um, true shooting. He leads the NBA in true shooting percentage with an 82% true shooting percentage. He is shooting in the 100th percentile. So he's in the 100th percentile in true shooting percentage, e field percentage. He's in the 98th percentage in percentile and rim percentage. And then he's also shooting 68.4% from three. What? I don't, I don't unless I'm misunderstanding that and they're saying that that's the percentage of shots he's taking, I guess that could be it, but I didn't double check. So that was, that was a fast look um, the other day. And then I didn't, yeah, he's shooting. Okay. Yeah. He's shooting 68% from three this year. Wow. Which is preposterous. That's Um, insane. So, yeah, I mean, 
They've got him and Obi still. I mean, Obi still, he played 25 minutes tonight, so that's nice. Uh, but like Jalen Smith and Obi share the court sometimes. They only really have one true center in uh, Miles Turner. Miles Turner, yeah. Unless they see Jalen Smith as like a 4-5. Yeah, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. They they kind of do. They're they're playing him at center next to Obi. Um, mm. Hey, Matherin had a cool game tonight, too. The Pacers are, I mean, they're they're what you were talking about on Twitter today. Like, it's easy right now to be like, oh, yeah, they're a fun team. But the second we play them and it's going to be so annoying, it's going to be so annoying because they're going to be scoring a million points per second. And it's just like, bro, can you (laughs) relax? Like them and the Magic are going to be the two most annoying teams because the Magic are just like straight clamps. And then they're they're so annoying, especially Jalen Suggs. I just know he's going to annoy the hell out of me when we play them. Um, He's going to he's going to be annoying. He's going to do some shit. He's going to piss off Randall. Like Randall's gonna try to back him down for a post up, and like Jalen Suggs is just gonna strip him, and Randall's gonna be complaining for a foul, and Jalen Suggs is gonna go the other way, and they're gonna score so, like some crazy bucket, like Mo Wagner's gonna like score like in the post or something, and like the team is gonna be like so downtrodden, and the fans are gonna be so annoyed. I can just see it already because I saw it today versus the Celtics. He's number one. My friend's wife is has gotten into basketball more since they, you know, started dating a little bit. And she, and she, uh, she, she's hated Mo, Mo Wagner since he was at Michigan. And so like they were watching the NCAA tournament together and she was like, Oh my God, I hate this guy. And so like, anytime the Knicks play the magic, she just hates on Mo Wagner. And then, so then like a few years ago, my friend was just like, so I've got some bad, bad news for you, Corinne. There's actually two of them. There's another Wagner coming the way. And so the Magic are her least favorite team. But yeah, I mean, in general, Mo, Mo Wagner is just a variant. He's got that face. Like, you know, he just always makes that whiny face. He's always complaining. Ah, he's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, the Magic, they're going to be so annoying to play. The Pacers are going to be so annoying to play, not only because of the OB narratives that all the beat writers are going to be spinning, but they and the Tyrese Halliburton narratives that they're going to all be spinning because oh we passed on Tyrese Halliburton and now he's playing with Obi that they should have had and whatever um but yeah they score like crazy like like the they score like crazy but they also give up a lot of points too so that's also like the good thing so like the Knicks should be able to outscore them but they score like crazy so like Knicks are going to be in for like one of those Atlanta Hawks type games because like our games versus the Hawks are very similar to how most teams games are versus the Pacers. Like if you just look at the last couple games that teams have played versus the Pacers, they've all scored like 110 or like 115 plus, I want to say. Or 150. Yeah, that game was insane. <laughs> that game was awesome. It was. It was great for props too. Holy shit. I that, was, that was the one you nailed, right? Yes, I cashed the live bet. I put Buddy and Trey for five threes each, and I put um, Tyrese and DeJounte for four apiece. Yeah, and then you were bitching on the timeline the next day. Yes. Like, oh, I, I just I just can't win one, you know? Like, dude, are you kidding, are you kidding me? It's, not, it's, it's, it's the way – I don't mind losing. It's the way that I be losing. Like, okay. bro, it'd be like the, the simplest legs that – just don't cash it's so annoying it's the way you that they just hit through. you just hit a 200 to one and one. you know what and you know what, <laughs> it, it, what what makes it more annoying too is watching it happen oh my gosh watching yeah. it happen is the worst i'll i'll give uh i'll give some uh some folks on here a little a little behind the curtain story 
so me and Sam don't know each other personally. We've never met before. Um, you know, I consider us friends now. Maybe Sam just secretly hates me, but you know, whatever. No, whatever. no, no, but no. There, there, there was, Julius Randall. That's the only <laughs> person I There, there was a time. There was a time when we were just co-hosting this with Tyrese, and we didn't know anything about each other. And one of our first ever post games, probably a loss since it was 2022, and there were lots of them then. He was kind of like. Sam was kind of like attention split towards the end and I kind of picked up on it, but I didn't say anything we were on. And then we, uh, we got off the, we got off the show and I was like, so what was the deal there, Sam? What's, what's going on? And he was just like, I need Siakam to score a bucket (laughs) to win a a parlay. And so like, we just stayed on the call and I flipped on the Raptors game and it was like, he was like half a point away and it was the most absurd end to a game I've ever seen in my oh life. Cause my it was like, God, they I were like that. playing keep away from him in a close <laughs> game. Like Siakam, Siakam didn't touch the ball. And so like me being a pro- professional gambler, like, you know, for the last 15 years or whatever. And like, that's how I've made my money. That's how I've done everything that I've done. I, you know, am very accustomed to losing and to, you know, I understand the swings and the variance of losing money. I've lost you know, lots of money over short periods of times. Um, but I had no idea if Sam was like that or if Sam was going to be devastated. So I'm just kind of sitting there like observing him, trying to learn about him as a person, how he's going to take this. And after the game was over and Siakam didn't score, Sam was just like, all right, fuck it. See you tomorrow. I was just like, all right, that's what I like to hear. That's, that's, that's literally back. how I take every single bet. I'm just like, man, there's some more games tomorrow, you know, just yeah. got to win it back. <laughs> that's literally how I do it. You said that. You said that after the football games yesterday. You were like, "Thank God we got NBA. We're back tomorrow." <laughs> and I felt kicked my ass yesterday, but I was like, "You know what? There's a whole slate of NBA today. Um, let's see if we can get it back." <laughs> <laughs> you, you and Josh Hart got crushed by the by oh the NFL. God. Josh Hart is hilarious. He was like yeah. 0 for six. I was like, just like me, man. Just like me. <laughs> man, those people are like, are just like people who are successful are so funny because I bet. I mean, I, I don't know this for sure. I obviously don't know Josh Hart personally, or I don't know anything really about him. I bet what he was gambling, like the amount is so much less and so meaningless to him, but they just care so much. They just want to win so much, you know? And it's like, need that itch. Oh, yeah. it's like a penny to us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. Um, let's see what I see. Oh, Welfare Crazy. He says, would the Thunder be interested in Randall? They can keep their million picks will throw in the rights to Rokas. Do they need no. a... They, they don't want someone like Randall with their group of Shea, Jalen Williams, and Chet. Like, that's a solid trio right there. Yeah, they don't... They don't want him. And those three, man, if you watch the end of that Warriors game, man, a couple, of, couple nights ago or like a week or so ago, that was some special hoops in the clutch by those three guys. Like so the way that those Jay- guys got to their spots. Whew. The thing is, is that like an optimized Julius Randle would work because you need a power forward who can shoot. But like Julius Randle is going to go to Oklahoma city and be a role player next to Jalen Williams and shit. No, get fuck out of here. Like, nah, I just, I, I do, I do appreciate what walk life Frazier is saying. Like if there was a way to get Julius Randle to buy in, sure, that's that's a fine, and uh, they probably wouldn't have to give up much because, like, like uh, Sam just said, they're gonna keep their big three. Um, no comment on Josh Giddy. Uh, so they're they're just 
I actually do mean that. Like I, I, I just, I have, I personally will just leave that to the justice system and I'll, I'll make my comment when the facts come out. But I, I have to say like this sort of thing always perturbs me because I think there's a very good chance that he made some very big errors, but I think that what I always take away from these things is how far we've kind of just collectively fallen because so many people, all they care about is just like elevating their self-worth and their self-morals to stand on this guy's shoulders. And again, I think there's a 99 plus percent chance that he fucked up, but I just, I think the world would be a better place if we all had restraint and weren't engagement farming over some person that we don't know any of the details over. We j- we're all just commenting on like third part, you know, like, and again, I'm not white knighting for Josh Giddy. That's not what I'm doing at all. I'm just saying that I personally, no comment. I will, I will dunk on him when the, the facts are clear and you know, the, the justice system rules how they rule and yada, yada. So, well, know, if my- the NBA is, the NBA is so inconsistent with the way they judge their punishments for all types of behaviors in this league. It's so hard to say how they'll even come down on this. If it is the way it looks Um, because of how inconsistent they've been with, you know, John Morant's thing, Miles Bridges thing, Josh Primo's thing. Like these are all three separate cases that have all just been handled. I think the wrong way, I think by the league. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I. But hey, they can oh, have Julius Randle if they want to. I will <laughs> gladly send Julius Randle to Oklahoma City if that should be their punishment. Their punishment should be if, like, you know, if Josh Kitty is guilty, they should be able to take Julius Randle. I we're think that we're talking about a potential sexual predator. And Sam's like, fuck it, need, give him Julius Randle. They need a roster spot filled, and I think Julius Randle fits right into that slot right there. Oh perfectly. my god! Um, but yeah, uh, um, the bit has the bit has gone on too far, Sam. <laughs> too far. <laughs> oh man! Wow, we haven't beat KD since the 12-13 season. It hasn't really been that long, dude. Is that really true? Now I have to look this up because Knicks. Wins versus Kevin Durant. Oh my gosh, he's twenty-one and three versus us in his career. That's pathetic. What the hell? All right, that that needs to end Sunday. Now nah, we have to beat him. Yeah, on Sunday, like I I I need this win. To was it last? You have a you have a good memory for this stuff. Was it last year when we had that ridiculous game in Phoenix? the Cam Reddish game where like they ended up winning at the buzzer, but I think Julius Randle like got tossed. That was 21, 22. That was 21, 22 where Cam Johnson hit the buzzer beater. Um, wait, who hit the buzzer beater? Cam Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Cam was Cam Reddish was on the team. Yep. I believe so. Hmm. I want to say he was. And that was the game Julius Randle got tossed. Yes. Let me see. Knicks versus Suns. Julius Randle rejected. (laughs) Jesus. Cam Johnson had dropped 38 that game. Um, 
And let me see the box score for this one. Knicks versus Suns, March 4th, I want to say. That was March 4th. <laughs> and looking at the box Dude, score. Dude, I'm, I'm looking in the comments, and somebody said they unsubbed because I said – Something about Julius Randle going in the rafters, but I wasn't <laughs> saying that. I, I I think I think they might be trolling. Uh, um, I, that would be that would be a pretty big misunderstanding of what I was saying. I was saying that, yeah, Cam Reddish was on the team. Okay. It's six points. But just to clarify, I don't think that can't Julius Randle's jersey is going in the rafters. I was saying that I think the Knicks are desperate to have a guy like that, and they see Julius Randle as that. I. I don't have, have I not made that clear? Have I not made that clear on this post game? I don't, man, this box score is so wild. Oh my God. From this game. So we want, we lost 115 to um, 114, obviously at the buzzer. Julius Randle got ejected. He had 25 points, seven rebounds, four assists, four turnovers. Mitch had 14, 17 points, 15 rebounds, four steals, three blocks. Absolutely insane game from Mitch. <clears throat> what you call it? RJ Barrett had an absolutely abysmal game. Um, nine of 26 from the field. <laughs> um, Alec Burke, 16 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Um, quickly, 13 points off the bench in 27 minutes. <laughs> Dude, there is a stretch. There's a stretch. I don't remember if it's end of 2021, 2022, or just a huge stretch during 22, 23, where every game is that, where it's like Knicks lose by five, quickly plus 12. Knicks, you know, like Nick, Nick, Knicks win by four, quickly plus 18. And it's just like, how many more years are we going to have to do this? You know, it's just, and again, single game plus minus is really stupid. I, I get it. But when the team consistently performs well when a guy's on the court, it might there might be some correlation there. Maybe I'm just guessing. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Um, you should, uh, Sam, you should post a uh, uh, Hawkeye's comment. That was a really nice comment by Hawkeye, and thank you to him when for when Sam posts it. We appreciate you and everyone very much. It's too oh, yeah. the Oh yeah. Okay. Um, he said, "Hawkeye okay, 420 says, gotta say thankfully for y'all. Y'all do great work, especially since the posting and toasting days. Thanks for the great content. Hope the team keeps us happy, even though those miserable post games be elite with the catharsis." Um. Yep. You know we. You know how we do it over here. We try to. Um. We try to make great content for the people. So you know, shout out to y'all for you know helping us. Um, make that content. All the comments that y'all leave. Make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe. <clears throat> Check out all the links in the description. We got links to the <clears throat> site, Patreon. Patreon, you can find Jeff and Con Show, Strictly NFL, as well as Strictly Roll with Schwinn, um, as well as, um, um, I can't speak anymore. My brain is melting. Um, a bunch of amazing NBA Knicks-related content. Um, make sure you guys check the links to the merch and the, what else, what else, what else there? Twitter, make sure you're following us on Twitter. We will catch you guys on <clears throat> Sunday, which is actually tomorrow now because it is already Saturday. We'll catch you guys on Sunday after the next game versus the Suns. Hope that <clears throat> we get a win, and we hope to catch you guys there. Enjoy your Saturday. Peace. Later, folks. <laughs>